0: Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.
1: Gadgets and Gizmos, Rose and Kaplan, where do we begin today? Well, we're
0: on our bikes. Oh. Now, you like cycling. I like cycling. Hmm. But are you any good at doing bunny hops? Uh, most certainly not. Is that <clears> when you jump <throat> up in the air? Hmm. It's when you jump up in the air.
1: No, I have never, never done one in my life. I had enough trouble just taking
0: my... Hands off the handlebars when I was little. Exactly. Well, I have never done a bunny hop either, but apparently it's a very useful for mountain bikers so they can jump over fallen logs and stuff like that. Mm. It's when you take both wheels. You first will lift the front wheel off the ground and then somehow lurch forward to lift the back wheel off the ground. And it's not easy. You know, I think it takes a lot of practice. I'm willing to believe you. Yes. So you can practice out in the street, but then you will will, uh, risk injuring yourself. Or you can practice in your garage with garage bunny, or should I say garage bunny? Probably say garage bunny, since it's an American thing. And it is a stand that grasps the rear wheel and holds it steady. Mm. And it has sliders and it can slide up and down by a a couple of feet or so. Mm -hmm. So you can practice your bunny hops. Uh, without falling off your bike. So you're getting one, are you? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> it's a ludicrous idea. It's also $600, which is about 500 quid, from And If I if I were the kind of person who wanted to ride like a ninja, then I might well go for it. But <laughs> as I'm not, I'm going to think I'd give that one a little miss. Okay. Well, let's uh, move on in that case. Mm. So, I mean, you know, it could be very useful. It could be very useful. Altogether safer than falling off your bike, even if it is held by the back wheel, I'm sure I could still manage to fall off it, is uh, VR headsets. And of course, with VR headsets, you could be anywhere you like in the world or, of course, not in the world. You could be on some alien planet blasting away Mm -hmm. whatever aliens you choose. Mm -hmm. The problem with it is you've got the vision and you've got the sound, but you haven't got the touch. So various people have come up with haptic gloves, uh, as they're called, mm-hmm. which give you, give you feedback. And the latest version are from a company called Fluid Reality. So people like Meta make haptic mm-hmm. gloves, but they have to be they're bulky and have to be wired into your gaming platform. Whereas these ones are wireless, and they're lightweight, and they're self-contained. And the way they work is absolutely ingenious in each fingertip there are 160 actuators they are like tiny pixels but they are pixels uh, that have bubbles that use electroosmosis to let fluid flow into those bubbles mm-hmm. and they can flow in and out you know very quickly so you can feel not just pressure but texture because the Gosh. the different patterns on mm. each one. They reckon that you could play a virtual violin with these gloves, But you'd get oh. the feedback from pressing down each string. That's quite clever. It is quite clever, isn't it? I'm sure you could possibly also play a virtual ukulele if someone has yes, so far uh, my, made my, a virtual ukulele. My mind had already made that leap, yes, but I'm, um,
1: why? I'm not <clears> quite <throat> sure why you'd want to. I mean I suppose you could you could play a virtual really impressive ukulele you couldn't actually afford yourself but
0: or you could just slip on your VR headset when you're on the train journey for example and you could practice your ukulele without bothering anyone around you. Yes, David, you would think it was all unusual to watch Nobody somebody would think it was all unusual <laughs> I mean, with anyway.
1: VR glasses on doing such a thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, fluidreality.com if you like the sound of it. And uh, they haven't actually made them yet, of course. Well, they've made prototypes, but they haven't started actually going into manufacture yet. But uh, quite a clever idea. Presumably,
1: though, they have other quite serious applications, don't they? I mean, medicine seems to be using VR more and more, doesn't it? One would have thought that that could be very useful. Well,
0: certainly, yes. yes. Doctors could feel their way inside you without having to actually go inside you. Yes, I wonder mm-hmm. if they could use it for prostate exams. Mind you, that would involve <laughs> actually sticking a robot up your bottom first, which is probably worse than having a. I don't yeah. know. Yes, I don't
1: know. Yes, let's cease speculating about that and, and, and move then. on.
0: Let's move on. Uh, you know the 10cc song "Rubber Bullets," I assume. Uh, or oh, maybe it's yeah, a bit too so. modern for you. <laughs>
1: no, no, 10cc. I was still still around then. Yeah,
0: you were okay. Um, <clears throat> it's about riot guns, and of course, riot guns are used to incapacitate people in a non-lethal way. Hmm. Uh, the trouble is, uh, if they hit someone in the head, they are going to be possibly not non-lethal hmm. and might actually kill people, which is not not a good thing. Introducing the Protector 303T. And you can tell how serious they are because both the P and the final R of Protector are capitals. Oh,
1: that's serious stuff, yes. That
0: is absolutely serious stuff. This is made by a company called FN Herstel, and it fires 125 millimeter elastomer round, plastic bullets, in other words. But what's clever about this is there's a camera built into the gun mm-hmm. with AI, and it won't fire if it's pointed at someone's head. Mm. Which is good, isn't it? Yes. The camera also will record what, uh, everything that's happening for court appearances or a for, for later review. And you can go on to fnhurstel.com where you'll be told the products shown as defence and law enforcement products on this website are restricted for military, law enforcement, and special forces sales only. So it means you and I can't go and buy one, which is probably just as well. Actually.
1: Yes. I, I'm not sure I would have very much use for one. I can't no, think
0: that I would. No, I can't think I of it. Well, uh, stuck in traffic jams. Well, I was about
1: to say, yes, yes, on my bike in traffic. Yes. Guess. Yes, but you sort of need somehow to be fastened to the handlebars. Yes, more like yes. a sort of Spitfire's gun gun arrangement is what you want, firing. I to, yes, get out of my way. Yes, perhaps not. Yes. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps as not. well. Yes. Let's the have one of these pistol. before we progress. With the water pistol. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No. Well, we're moving on to language, and specifically, grammar. Now, are you one of those people who finds bad grammar irritating? I am. I'm a person who went to a grammar school, never
1: taught us grammar, but it does irritate me yes. if grammar is particularly bad. Yes. The misuse well, of less and fewer to, uh, makes me incredibly annoyed. Does it?
0: Yes. I um, read about someone who went into a supermarket and pointed out to the manager... Mm. Uh, that they had written 10 items or less, when it should have been 10 items or fewer. And the man said, what difference does it make? And the man said, are you one of the few intelligent people in this organisation or one of the less intelligent?
1: (laughs) Okay, excellent.
0: Excellent. That was quite good, I thought. So let's have a listen to this bit of speech. I think that culture is one of the areas most affected by a globalisation and it's hard to say whether it is the positive or negative impact. I think that thanks to... Suddenly stopped. It suddenly stopped. That's happened to us before,
1: hasn't it? It has. If I yes. press it I again. Is it going to go from there?
0: I think that culture is one of the areas most affected by a globalization, and it's hard to say whether it is the positive or negative impact. I think that thanks to. Oh,
1: very strange. Oh. Very strange. I was curious.
0: I've imported it. I should have listened to it beforehand. Uh, did I miss anything really important from uh, that? No, just a few grammatical quirks. But oh. did they make you angry? Not particularly angry. It wasn't all that bad. I was so bored by what she was saying. I think I switched off. Ah, well, bad grammar mm-hmm. does apparently cause real stress, according to research done by the University of Birmingham, uh, and they have been monitoring people's heart rate variability, which mm-hmm. is the interval between your heartbeats, <clears throat> and rather curiously, the intervals are variable when you're relaxed but become more regular when you're stressed. Mm. And that's how they can tell people the stress. So they gave 41 adults 40 different samples of bad grammar, which were read by four different speakers. So these people had to listen to 160 samples in total, which I mean that'd be enough to make me boiling mad. I don't know about <laughs> um, I don't know about the survey. And they discovered that yes, in fact, the bad grammar does make your make your blood boil. And it makes you it makes you cross this is research led by a man called dagmar divyak <clears throat> who is the professorial research fellow in cognitive linguistics and language cognition at the university think, of birmingham i think
1: dagmar is a is a
0: woman's name isn't it, it certainly isn't it could well be a woman's name yeah. yes but Imagine what it's like when people say, what do you do? And she says, oh, I'm a professor in Cognitive Linguistics and Language Cognition. You're, what you're enough, doing is
1: trying to find the person who's got the longest business card in the world. We discussed yes. this the other day, didn't we? Somebody who had an incredibly long title as yes. well. Yes, extraordinary. Um, well, yeah, it not only um, not only um, bad grammar makes people angry, but uh, I've been listening to an interesting programme on, um, on the radio about how... Um, Bland architecture, what what the designer um is called a blandemic is actually making people not just not just angry, but actually um seriously ill in many cases. Look, the completely huh. anonymous architecture that's going up these days is actually very bad for us in so many ways. So really? yes, yes, it's a very interesting program. Huh. About yes about architects okay. and one architect saying uh, because the uh, the guy who does it is who's the guy was it heppelwick or the guy who did the uh, the big cauldron at the at the olympics saying a designer heatherwick be about, heatherwick sorry. heatherwick yeah. shouldn't be shouldn't be talking about architecture anyway because he's a designer should a design should have nothing to do with architecture it was quite quite extraordinary ah anyway i i recommend that to people so bad grammar uh, we, of course, only ever use good grammar. Uh, we're going to pause for a moment, and when we come back, you can spot if either of us make any mistakes at all, but I can't believe we will.
0: Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just nine ninety-nine each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.
1: This is Simon Rose,
0: he's Steve Kaplan, and we are talking gadgets and gizmos. And we are talking about electric cars, as we so often do on the mm-hmm. programme. This time we're talking about the problems with mm-hmm. electric cars. Uh, and I, you may recall that uh, a couple of years ago, I was offered an electric car for rental in rural France. I do recall. Which was a complete disaster. i to find somewhere to charge it. Mm. Um, someone told me that Lidl was the place to go and charge you electric cars. So I went there and there was indeed an electric charging machine there. And there was a link to the page on the little website where you could start charging, page not found. Oh. There was also a link to an app that you could download from people who made the charger, and I downloaded the app, which then told me that my nearest charging point was in Reykjavik, <laughs> wow That's wow a little, indeed a little hard to get to from rural france a little hard and i didn't have enough charge to get there <laughs> so this is a collection from the guardian actually who have collected a number of stories about people's problems with electric cars one being a dr ravpreet Kaur in buckinghamshire whose bmw suddenly accelerated to 65 miles an hour zigzagged across the road and crashed and BMW say they've looked into this and they couldn't find anything wrong with it, other than presumably right. a large dent in the body. <laughs> yes, yes. And a rather surprised Dr. Mm-hmm. Core. And a rather surprised Dr. Core. Also, uh, Brian Morrison, who was driving his electric MG in Glasgow, when it kidnapped him, in his own words, it wouldn't slow down below 30 miles an hour. Rather like that uh, that film, Speed. Yes. With uh, Keanu Reeves, I think. Yes. And he couldn't switch it off. Uh, He he had his phone, so he alerted the police, and he eventually managed to stop by uh, arranging a controlled crash into the back of a police van. Good grief. But good grief indeed. Yes. Possibly even worse than that is the story of Ollie Jones from Hampshire, whose Hyundai suddenly started draining its battery completely draining it without mm-hmm. any warning. Mm-hmm. First time it happened, he was uh, leaving the channel tunnel and the car wouldn't start because the battery was dead. Was a huge queue of people behind him was oh. leave. The second time it happened, it locked him in his car and he couldn't get out because, of course, the doors are electrically operated. and he was stuck in this car trying to get out, he had uh, battery charging leads, but they were also locked in the car. So he managed to phone someone to get to bring some leads so they could charge the car up enough for him to get out of it. Good grief. So if you are going to buy an electric car, just beware because it <laughs> might not all be roses and Well, blood. there are many
1: other disadvantages to them, to them too. Um, but of course, um, the electric cars that are going to be on offer soon are going to be almost all Chinese because they're undercutting absolutely everybody. And of course, there are now worries that they will deliberately put in stuff that might um, actually cause you problems at some later date that they could suddenly just turn them all off.
0: Oh, so well, it's extraordinary. It's,
1: yes, it is extraordinary. Well, I think I'll stick to what I've got for the moment. We'll Are all you... be back on bikes before we know it.
0: <laughs> we probably will. With probably our it yes, yes, absolutely.
1: Yes, you better. Yes, you better get your garage bunny while you get the chance. It'll be a right. soon. So where now? I think it's time for our crowdfunding time of the week. In that case, let's go here and I will press this.
0: So standing desks are, I'm told, mm-hmm. very popular these days. I couldn't imagine using one myself, but they are popular. Mm-hmm. And some standing desks go up and down so that you can sit or that you can stand. But if mm-hmm. got to sit, you stand, then you've got to push your chair out of the way while you're standing and so on. But for standing desks that are just vertical, how do you use them if you don't want to stand up all day? Well, you could get a chair, a high chair but you could sit at and then push mm. it out of the way, hop down from it. Or you could go on to Indiegogo and you could get the movably pro, not just any old movably, but the movably pro, which they describe as the cure for the common chair. Right. And I'm intrigued to hear is, what it is. It is a chair that rises to the height of your standing desk. Mm. And the seat of the chair is in two halves. So if you want, you can flip one down. So, you can stand on one leg while sitting on the other buttock. Right. <laughs> Flamingo like. Uh, could I point out something? Go on.
1: And that's how I've got this wrong. I thought the whole point of standing desks, but you were supposed to stand at them.
0: Yes. Well, this one, you can both stand and sit at the same oh, time. I see.
1: So, the idea is oh, OK, right. Because if you get tired of standing, it's giving
0: you a choice. Yes.
1: Okay. And you can
0: also choose which leg you put down. Or, in fact, you can put both of them down so you're standing on two legs where your chair is just behind you pointlessly. And are people dashing
1: to get hold of these?
0: Well, they seem quite popular despite the fact that they sell for £1,234, which they say is 50% off what the retail cost will be. Uh, they are shipping only to the United States. But, of course, if you want one badly enough, you can always get someone in the States to send it over to you. And you have until the 24th of November to go and take a look at the movie. It's just seems slightly grow.
1: suspicious that the conversion rate gives you one, two, three, four instead. It does, doesn't it? Yes. It does.
0: When I was very young, I had a digital clock. And it was one of the digital clocks where the numbers flip over. Oh, yes. And I used to lie in bed at night. Waiting for one, two, three, four to show up and so then you all can go to sleep.
1: <laughs> and did you achieve it?
0: Yeah, most nights. Oh, excellent. Goodness. Oh. We knew how to make entertainment
1: <laughs> in those days.
0: Anyway, talking of entertainment, time for our second crowdfunding. I don't think you, oh, we don't oh no, go on then. Go on and play it. Play it. All right. Here we go. Oh well we've got another one, haven't we? How about this one? It's
1: the old crowdfunding that, thing. I thought that was the app of the week. No, the app of the week is this.
0: You're, you're going to confuse people now. Yes. Okay. They're not so, going to know what's coming. So
1: ignore the last one. Just think about the one before. We haven't had well, an app of the week okay. for a while, actually. So yeah, we should think we about haven't. that at some stage. Okay.
0: Well, we are moving on to QuickStarter for the MuroBox box. N40, also the N20, which I will talk about in a moment. Mm-hmm. It is a programmable mechanical music box. It is an absolutely beautiful thing. It's sort it's of steel and brass, and it's mm-hmm. mounted on an acacia wooden box. And it has 20 notes. And you can write music on the app or on your computer or on a MIDI keyboard. You can plug mm-hmm. into it. Uh, and you can just play it directly and it'll record the music onto there and then you just play back whatever you like as as you wish. And it's rather cute. So they make two versions. They make mm-hmm. the N20, which, as I said, has 20 notes. That costs $300, about £250, and it sounds like this. Oh, I forgot I was supposed to be playing something.
1: Uh, do you want to do that cue again or should I just press the button? Just press the button. That's rather lovely, it certainly sounds exactly it like the box you used to.
0: Yes, well, that is the N20. The N40 has mm-hmm. four vibration plates, so it has f- also 20 notes, but it has an additional 20 notes which are detuned by 0.14 of a semitone. Oh, a bit like Winifred Apple's piano. No, not like that, more like oh. um when you play an accordion uh, you could have two sets of reeds slightly detuned that give mm. a sort of subtle vibrato effect oh okay and let's have a listen to that so we can compare the two
1: We say yes. It's not an Talk effect at all, but uh, yes, it's, it's, but it's lovely. Much richer.
0: It's lovely, isn't it? That yes. one will cost you rather more. That is a thousand and twenty dollars, which works out at eight hundred and forty pounds.
1: So, not incredible. <clears throat> more no. than
0: more than well, th- virtually three times as much. More mm. than three times as much as the the other version, which I think is quite a lot. They say they can deliver by Christmas, but of course you have to add VAT. And shipping mm. to that. You want so you... one,
1: really, don't you? Even though you're not well, going that much Well, for... yes, I
0: do, but £840 plus VAT plus shipping, I don't want one that Would badly. You? But you
1: do, do you want to go for 30. the N20 instead?
0: No, because having heard the N40. Yeah. <laughs> and, although what I could do is get 2, two. That's what I was wondering. And if you, if you've got a way a few of times, slightly
1: detuning one yeah. of them
0: and play the two together. Mm. But a clever idea and a very, very neat little thing, I think. Mm. I think you'd probably get quite sick of the sound of music boxes quite uh, quite quickly.
1: Yes, but very
0: very nice. Okay, uh, let oh, us no. move on to mice in space. Let <laughs> <This> it <is> not.
1: <laughs> so, sounds like a sketch on the Muppets, but okay, it does.
0: Well, um, a uh, a bunch of scientists I wanted to see if reproduction is possible in space in zero gravity, mm. so they sent. Some frozen mouse embryos to the International Space Station. And they then um, thawed them out and they managed to turn them into blastocysts. Blastocysts, as you're sure you know, being cells that will then turn into fetuses. Oh, I didn't know that. We didn't do biology at school. Too busy not doing grammar. Too busy not doing grammar, exactly. And it worked. which I think is really clever. And I had this vision of the International Space Station suddenly being overrun by mice. Yes. Yes, and then having this plague of mice. But it turns out that they stopped on day four because that's the time at which the embryos had to be implanted into a mother in order to actually gestate them.
1: Weightless mice would be quite an interesting thing to behold,
0: I'd have thought. Well, apart from weightless mouse poo, I mean, how would you ever scoop that up? You'd need to wave sieves around, wouldn't you? Mm. That's probably why they didn't go any further. Probably. I don't know exactly. (laughs) So anyway, the mice in space, I, I mean, you know, it's what scientists do, I suppose. But there we go. Well,
1: presumably they're doing it because
0: if it works for mice, it might work for humans. Well, that is the idea, yes. Although why anyone would want to give birth on the International Space Station because they're quite a long way from a hospital if something goes wrong.
1: They are. Though we could, of course, refer now to our um, our favourite TV science fiction show,
0: couldn't we? For all mankind. Yes. Indeed. Yes.
1: So, I don't know. You may not have got to that stage yet, but this this does come up at one one point in. No, the, no, that is in that a,
0: is in series three, which I shouldn't. That's yeah. a spoiler alert, really, for people yes. who've not yet started watching it. If you haven't yeah. yet started yeah. watching it, for all my kind on of Apple TV Plus, it is brilliant. And only Simon and I are the only people in the world who seem to have watched it. I know. It. There's a whole
1: cast are going through all of it just for us, as far well as I can tell. That, <laughs> that's splendid. And we're very but, grateful. Yeah, we are. Well, that's it, though, for this edition of Gadget and Gizmas. My thanks to Steve Kaplan. We'll be back with more of the same at the same time next week is it a gadget
0: is it a gizmo no it's gadgets and gizmos with steve kaplan and simon rose